I'm glad to be back home. I've been gone a couple of Sunday, couple of Sunday nights, and good to be back. There's no place like home. Yay! Praise God. So tonight we're going to get right into the Word of God. And uh, while I was up in Washington preaching at my brother-in-law and sister's church, uh, one afternoon I was out in his study, and I was just praying about the service that night. And this phrase just kept coming up in my heart. It shall come to pass. It shall come to pass. And I actually found a um, on, on YouTube, I just put in, because I remembered being in one of Brother Hagin's meetings where Keith Moore had gotten a song from the Lord at the close of the meeting. And so I looked it up and I found it. And of course, I can't sing it, but let me just give you these words. At the close of Brother Hagin's meeting, and he was talking on how we, we can believe God, we believe God, and then we rejoice because we know that His Word is true. And he was talking about, it shall be even as the Lord has told me. Has the Lord told anybody anything in here tonight? And are you believing and you're standing that it shall be even as it was told me? It shall come to pass. So Brother Keith Moore, this was way back in like 1998, I think. He got this song from the Lord. These are just the words of a little bit of it. It shall come to pass. It shall come to pass. What the Lord has said to me, it shall surely come to be. It shall come to pass. And of course they started shouting and rejoicing and we'll do that, I believe, at the end of the service. So as I was just thinking about that phrase, it shall come to pass. My brother-in-law had this gigantic Webster's Dictionary there in his office. And some of you may have seen it. I know Pastor has it on his computer, 1828, Noah Webster's Dictionary. It's really cool because it has definitions. And then right next to the definitions in a lot of the words, it has Scripture references. Isn't that great? That's awesome. And well, anyway, I looked up the word shall. And there was a lot of definitions, but I love this one. It implies a promise or a command. Just like someone saying, I shall pay you on Friday. Well, that's a promise that if you work, they're going to pay you on Friday. And then this phrase just jumped out at me. The force of the promise is in the person uttering it. The force of the promise is in the person uttering it. So someone may say to you, I shall give you $100 on Friday. But if you've known them to not be a person of their word and they've told you something like that before and they never followed through, then it may, in your thinking, you might be thinking it shall not come to pass. (laughs) But if it's a person of their word, then this is awesome. The force of the promise is in the person uttering it. And of course, immediately I begin to think of, if God said it, it shall come to pass. If God promised it, we can take it to the bank. Hallelujah. Then I begin to look up these wonderful scriptures about our Father and how He keeps His Word to us. Numbers 23, 19. For God is not a man that He should lie, nor the Son of Man that He should repent. Has He said it? And shall He not do it? 
Has he spoken it? And will he not make it good? Can I get a hallelujah? hallelujah? We just sang about it. Pastor preached an awesome message about it today that we have a good, good Father. He will make it good. Glory be to God. His word, His promises are yes and amen. And then the next verse, verse 20 of that same passage says, Behold, I have received a command to bless. He has blessed and I cannot reverse it. God is not a man. Man may have tried to put a curse on you, but you can't curse whom God has blessed. Hallelujah. He has blessed us. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. And then over in the New Testament, Titus chapter 1 verse 2. In hope of eternal life, which God, now look at this phrase again, who cannot lie. Promised before time began. God can not lie. It's impossible for him. He is the truth. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. They don't just tell the truth. They are the truth. They cannot lie. They cannot tell us something and it not come to pass. Hallelujah. Anybody in here standing on any promises in the Word of God? How about some things that God has spoken to your heart in a time of prayer? Standing, standing, standing on the promises. I cannot fail. Why? Because He cannot fail. Over in 1 Kings, I forget it right away. I think it might be 1 Kings 8 that says, There hath not failed one promise. Glory be to God of all His good promises. Hallelujah. I remember I heard this story years ago that somebody was looking through this little lady's Bible. They're flipping through there and they see all these verses underlined and circled. And then next to them in big red letters was T.P. And they kept flipping on through T.P. So of course curiosity got to them and they said, sister, What does that TP stand for? She said, oh, that means tried and proven. Hallelujah. You got any promises in the Word of God that you've stood upon? You've tried the Word and you've proven it. Hallelujah. You've proven God to be faithful. Glory to God. Amen. Now, I begin to just look at some different passages in the Word, and we won't take time to look at all of them tonight, but of course I want to highlight a few where the phrase was used, it shall come to pass, and it did come to pass. I like the Sunday school stories, and they're not just in there for little kids, and they're not just Sunday school stories, but I grew up listening to these Old Testament stories, and it just made me know God's big. God's awesome. Hallelujah. And I love this one about the walls of Jericho. Over in Joshua chapter 6, this is the account 
where the children of Israel were to go in and possess the land. And they were camped outside the city of Jericho. And it looked threatening, but God made a promise to them. As they're camped outside this huge city staring at this wall, Joshua 6-2, God said this to them. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have, I have given Jericho into your hand its king and the mighty men of valor. They'd seen all these mighty men of valor. They were looking, staring at this gigantic wall. But God gave them a promise. I have given Jericho into your hand. Having a promise from the word always requires us to act. That little lady that wrote TP in her Bible tried and proven. She didn't just read these scriptures for it to be proven in our lives. We have to act on it. Doesn't the Bible say over in James 1.22, but don't just be hearers of the word, but be doers of the word of God. Put me to the test, the Lord says. Try me. Put me to the test. Put my word to the test. It won't fail you ever if you're standing on the promises. So they had this word. I've given you Jericho. They got the instructions. Now this is what you're supposed to do. For six days, I want you to walk around Jericho one time. And as you're doing that, I don't want anybody to say a word. I don't want anybody to make a sound. I think the reason that he told them in those six days when they were walking around not to make a sound, not to say a word. Those people were just like we are. And I've been told that wall was huge. That wall was so wide. They could have been walking around the city and they could have been tempted to say, Ethel, did you see that? That was just a chariot that went across the top of that wall. That wall is really big. And then they kept on walking a little further down, and they could have been tempted to say, Oh, Bob, look how deep that goes down into the ground. They could have been tempted to talk about how huge the wall was, how strong it looks. But did you know that God has never told us to talk about the wall? He's never told us to talk about the problem talk about the mountain. Now it's okay to get a prayer partner and to lay out there what you're facing, what you're believing. That's different. You need to, you can do that. We're not saying don't tell us if you're going through a difficult time or you're facing a wall, but we should spend all of our time magnifying how big the wall is, how huge the problem is, how gigantic the mountain is. My Bible says that Jesus said, speak to the mountain. Don't talk about how vast and how awful and how big the mountain is. Let's talk about how big our God is. And I think that's part of why he didn't want him to say anything for six days. Because they were tempted, just like you and I would be tempted, to get into fear, I'm sure, and wonder, what good is this going to do just to walk around this mountain? So he said, you just be quiet. Don't say anything. But then... On the seventh day, look at verse 5. On the seventh day, you're going to march around it seven times. And it shall come to pass. What are we talking about tonight? It shall come to pass. 
shall come to pass when they make a loud blast with the ram's horn and when you hear the sound of the trumpet that all of the people shall shout with a great shout. Then the wall of the city will fall flat down. Glory to God. And the people shall go up every man straight before him. Now jump down to verse 16. And the seventh time it happened. That's another way of saying it shall come to pass. And it did. And the seventh time it happened when the priest blew the trumpet that Joshua said to the people, Shout for the Lord has given you the city. I like to say it this way. They did. He did. And it did. The wall fell flat down. Hallelujah. I love that praise. Shout. For God has given you the city. Shout unto the Lord with the voice of triumph. Glory to God. Can anybody take a shout break with me now? Woo! Hallelujah. Shout unto the God with the voice of triumph. Shout for God has given you the city. Shout for God has restored your health. Shout for God has turned your captivity. Glory to God. Shout for God has given you that financial breakthrough. Shout for God has given you your household. You and your seed shall be born again. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Woo! Hallelujah! <laughs> hallelujah! I heard a man of God say, Faith shouts and rejoices and is glad. Amen. That was a shout of faith that day because that wall didn't come down until after they shouted. They shouted by faith because they had a word from the Lord. It shall come to pass. I have given you this city. And God has given us all some it shall come to pass. And oftentimes we got to shout most of the time. We have to shout before we see the end result. Shout while the walls are still up and it won't be long till they come crumbling down. Because faith has a shout. A shout of victory. Faith shouts and is glad Glory be to God. Hallelujah. <laughs> I think it was T.D. Jakes that said, If you don't shout and you don't rejoice, the devil will think that he's winning. And he is not winning. He is a loser. God has given us the victory. And we have something to shout about. Amen. Glory be to God. Well, let's look at a couple more it shall come to pass. Can you handle more tonight? Hallelujah. Over in the book of Isaiah, chapter 65. We'll start in verse 22 because I like it. They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. For as the days of a tree... So shall be the days of my people. And when I was up there getting ready to preach this, this just so stood out to me. And my elect 
shall long enjoy the works of their hands. We are to enjoy the works of our hands. We are to enjoy this facility. Hallelujah. God has blessed us with this. If you've built a home, you own a home, or or you rent an apartment and you've turned it into a beautiful home, you should enjoy the works of your hand. Jesus came to give us life and to give us life more abundantly, not redundantly. He wants us to enjoy things here on this earth. And I got so blessed and the folks were blessed in in Washington when I shared that about enjoying the works of your hands. My brother-in-law, his dad is 93 years old and he was still, he was one of the founding pastors of that church. After he pastored it for many years, then my brother-in-law became the pastor. So his dad is still part of that church. He was up in the, they had a band, PT, you'd love their little band. His dad played the fiddle. My sister played the piano. Her husband played bass. And their son played drums. And their daughter-in-law was the worship leader. It was like the Smith family singers. It was so awesome. Generations. Generations are enjoying the work that Dad Smith built with his hands. Hallelujah. And I believe should Jesus tarry, generations are going to enjoy the work of our hands here. Amen. Praise God. That's just how God operates. And then look on down at verse 23. They shall not labor in vain, nor bring forth children for trouble. If you've got any children, you got any grandchildren that are yielding to rebellion, you ought to claim this right now. My children were not brought forth for trouble. They're not going to get in trouble and they're not going to bring me trouble on this earth. For my descendants are blessed of the Lord and their offspring with them. I got excited when I read that. Glory be to God. It shall come to pass. My children are not born for trouble. My children are blessed of the Lord. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. My descendants shall be mighty upon the earth. Can anybody else get blessed and happy about that? Woo! Glory be to God. Hallelujah. It shall come to pass. Me and my household shall serve the Lord with joy and gladness. Glory. That's a good promise, isn't it? And then let's keep reading. This is the it shall come to pass phrase that I first looked up. And then the ones above it, the verses above it were just awesome too. Verse 24. Let's say that together. It shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. And while they are still speaking, I will hear. I think we ought to have another shout break. Woo! Thank you, Lord. (laughs) Before we can even call, 
He said, I will answer. While we are still speaking, he said, I hear you. And I'm watching over my word to perform it on your behalf. My eyes are watching you. My ears are open unto the prayers of my saints. Hallelujah. He hears us. He answers us. And he brings it to pass. Glory be to God. What we say, what we pray, he's watching over to bring to pass. Isn't that good? All right, now let's continue on. Here's another, it shall come to pass, over in the book of Joel. Joel chapter 2, verse 28 and 29. Is anybody getting fed tonight? This is good, hallelujah, because the word is good. Oh, I just love to think how big our God is and how much he wants to do in our life and how true his word is, amen? Joel chapter 2, verse 28. And it shall, what? It shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. There's another promise right there. My children are not born for trouble. My children are born to prophesy. My sons and my daughters will be spirit-filled at a young age, and they shall be vessels of honor unto the Lord. The hand of the Lord is upon them for good. Hallelujah. Woo. My sons, my daughters are going to prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. Pastor Mark, have you had any dreams lately? No, I've got visions. Oh, he's still got vision. All right, good. <laughs> Back to verse 28, guys. All right, just checking. Pastor Mark's still seeing visions, so he qualifies as a young man. Hallelujah. He said, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. It was so cool when we were, I was up there in Washington. It's just a, a small little Assembly of God church. But my uh, nephew and his wife, they're doing the youth there. And it's a small town. It's a town of about 3,000 people, a little bit bigger than Pawnee where I grew up. But they are having revival in their youth group. I mean, there weren't that many people that came to church, but every night there was 10 to 15 youth that were there. Every night, school nights, coming to church. And I don't remember which night it was, but one night we just had a waiting on God time around the altar. And I saw these three youth up at the front, and I just felt compelled to go over and pray with them. Actually, there were four of them. And I asked the first one, she's filled with the Holy Spirit. But the other three weren't. And so we got to pray with them. They got filled with the Holy Spirit. Speaking boldly in other tongues. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy on all flesh. On my sons and my daughters I will pour out of my spirit. He's pouring out of his spirit there in Benton City, Washington. It was so awesome. They all came back the next night and brought some friends. Glory. That's what it's about. You know when the spirit of God gets poured out on our lives, when we get touched by God's power and His presence, we get filled up. We just can't help but spill out on somebody else. It ought to be like the prophet Jeremiah said. It's just like fire shut up in my 
my bones and I cannot keep it to myself. Hallelujah. Woo. Prophesy is just another word for preach here in this reference. You ought to get so fired up and so filled up, can't keep it to yourself. And you're preaching on bark. You're preaching at your job. You're preaching in your house. You're preaching to your neighbors. Woo! Hallelujah. That's what it's about. Amen. Then it goes on in verse 9, 29. I guess we already quoted that. And also on my men servants, on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. It shall come to pass. I will pour out of my spirit. Remember the definition or what of shall? The force of the promise is in the person uttering it. Did it come to pass? Did he pour out his spirit at the beginning of the church age? We're in the same church. That was the beginning of the church age. We are at the end of the church age. Did it come to pass? Well, some of you don't look like you know for sure. So, Acts chapter 2. If you would have all shouted yes, I wouldn't have had to read this. But so, hey. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. I don't mind reading it. I love reading this. When the day of Pentecost had fully come... They were all with one accord in one place. Hallelujah. The next verse. Hallelujah. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled the whole house where they were sitting. There appeared unto them. It says divided there, but I like in the King James cloven tongues as a fire. And it sat up on each of them. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Did it come to pass what Joel had seen thousands of years, at least hundreds of years before? Did it come to pass? I will pour out of my Spirit. Verse 16 of Acts chapter 2, all it says is, but this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. This is that spoken by the prophet Joel. This is that poured out in the last days. Hallelujah. That His Spirit shall be poured out upon all flesh. It shall come to pass, and it did come to pass. How many of you have been a partaker of it did come to pass? Hallelujah. (laughs) Woo! It was spoken like the prophet Joel said, and the Holy Ghost fell on that 120 in that upper room. And guess what? He's still falling today. Hallelujah. Mighty outpourings of the Holy Spirit. It did come to pass. It happened just like the prophet said it would be. It came to pass. And millions upon millions of people have now been filled with the Holy Ghost, 
with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. And there is a new wave of the Spirit that is sweeping across this earth. People by the thousands are getting filled with the Holy Spirit because we are living in a season and we are living in a time when people need the power of God like never before. We need to be filled with the Holy Ghost and with fire. There needs to be a fresh infilling of the Spirit of God on the people of God because we've got some things that have not yet come to pass, but they shall come to pass. And we need to run and not be weary. We need to run our race and finish our course with joy. We need to hold fast to the confession of our faith. If you've been believing God for some things, maybe something that He told you in a time of prayer, something that He has promised you about your family, something that maybe you have in your heart about your finances. How about believing God for lost loved ones or just a mighty harvest of souls from the Bay Area? How about some things that it shall come to pass regarding our nation? We're believing God that our nation shall experience a great awakening. And sometimes it doesn't look like that's going to come to pass. But we need to be like the Apostle Paul was. Remember when he was on that ship and it was told him by the Lord that you need to go and stand before Caesar. And he got on that ship. It wasn't the good ship lollipop. He was on the ship with a bunch of idiots. He said, don't sell. I perceive this ship, this journey is going to be with much hurt and much harm. But they didn't listen to the man of God. And they got on, went out in the, in the sea. They listened to the meteorologists. Oh, they know a lot more than this little preacher here. They said it's good sailing weather. Well, it wasn't long. They got out in the middle of the sea. And a mega storm hit. And it looked like they were all going down. But I love the Bible says that the angel of the Lord stood by Paul. And he said, be of good cheer. It shall be even as it was told you. Be of good cheer, Paul. The Lord said, you're going to come before Caesar. And I'm bringing you good news today. It shall be even as it was was told you. And there's some of you in here tonight that there's some things that you have way down deep on the inside of you. Maybe things that God spoke to you years ago. And it's like you haven't seen it come to pass yet. But I want to encourage you. It shall be even as it was told you. It doesn't matter that the winds may be howling and the waves may be so deep and so high. I mean, Paul was in the midst of a mega storm and he came out on the deck of that ship and he tells all of them the ship's still rocking and reeling and they're throwing everything they possibly can overboard. But he said, be of good cheer. It shall be even as it was told me. I didn't intend to share that tonight, but I believe it's Acts chapter 19, if you want to look it up later. Acts chapter 27. Awesome. 
The angel of the Lord brought him encouragement. And tonight, I believe the Spirit of God is bringing you encouragement to pick it back up. If you've let some things go, if you've taken your faith off of the line, then pick it back up. God doesn't operate in the realm of time like we do. God is not looking at a clock right now and saying, oh, she's been preaching 30 minutes or 35 minutes. You better wind it up. He doesn't doesn't operate like that. He's not moved by a tick-tock thing on the wall. And why do we get so wrapped up in that the passage of time means it's not going to happen? There's no scripture about that. The passage of time has nothing to do with it shall come to pass. Don't take your faith off the line. You keep holding steady. You keep believing God. But oftentimes when we're in that period of, okay, I've taken the promise of of God. I've stood on the word. I've prayed, yes, and amen. And it doesn't happen tomorrow or it doesn't happen next week or it doesn't happen a year from now. Then sometimes it seems like the passage of time can cause us to get weary in well-doing. But isn't that why the Bible says in Galatians, don't be weary in well-doing. You keep doing what you know to do. You keep standing on the Word of God. Don't allow yourself to get off of the target. Don't quit expecting. Keep the joy of the Lord stirred up on the inside of you because the joy of the Lord is our strength. One definition of joy is that inner passion that is excited, that inner passion ignited by the expectation of good. Woo! The inner passion ignited by the expectation of good. Are you expecting good to happen in your life? When you're saying I'm expecting good, it's just like saying I'm expecting God to show up in my life. It shall come to pass. Let me read those words to you again of that song. It shall come to pass. It shall come to pass. What the Lord has said to me, it shall surely come to be. So I want to close with this thought tonight. If you get tempted to be weary in well-doing, You get yourself in the presence of God. And you say, I am determined. Like the psalmist David said in Psalms 92.10. I like this one in the King James. He said, my horn shall thou exalt like the horn of a unicorn. I shall. Here's that word shall again. I shall be anointed with Fresh oil. When you've been driving and driving and driving your car, there comes a point when you have to have an oil change. And if your car's like mine and you don't do it when you're supposed to, there's an irritating light that will just not quit flashing. Oil change, oil change, oil change, oil change. I think it'd be pretty awesome if we had something right here on our forehead. 
that when we need an oil change in the realm of the Spirit or our oil of joy is a little low, we have this little gauge right here. And if it's way over on E, it's going ding, 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 ding. Fresh oil, fresh oil, fresh oil, fresh oil is needed. Fresh oil is needed to run our race, finish our course, hold fast, and it shall come to pass. So I had this in my heart tonight. I didn't preach real long. Let's all stand to our feet. Hallelujah.